Hello and welcome to a broadcast of Black Talk Radio News. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines called USA Inc. I want to talk a little bit about xenophobia in the black community. Now, last night I, you know, I subscribed to various um, black media podcasts, video channels, and what have you. And one of the channels that I follow on YouTube um, shares something about this black media producer named Tariq Nasheed. Now, you know, he calls himself like a, a activist and he's leading some organization called Foundational Black Americans. And, you know, he is um, using xenophobic rhetoric uh, to support what he's doing. And uh, a lot of people just not down with that. Uh, in the community because it's incorrect. But anyway, so I watched that video. Um, let me just pull it up for those that are watching the video version of this podcast. Let me just pull up the screen for you on btrcommunity.com, which is the official social media network for blacktalkradionetwork.com. But as you can see the video there, uh, Tariq Nasheed lies on Aretha Franklin's family to promote xenophobia against Cynthia Arrivo. Um, and then he, you know, tags it FBA, which stands for Foundational Black Americans and ADOS, which means American Descendants of Slaves. And that movement and some people I will even call friends have subscribed to that movement. Um, but I cannot because of the xenophobia um, that is involved in that. And so like Fred Hampton, speaking of Fred Hampton, we don't want to practice racism to solve racism. And xenophobia is a form of racism. So, but one of the members of btrcommunity.com posted this um this video, which comes from C-SPAN from a caller. And it's a pretty interesting call. And I just thought, I, you know, I need to do a commentary on this and address this. So I don't agree 100% with everything this, this African-American, self-identified African-American, ADOS, FBA person, um, you know, says in this call. And, but, you know, I took some notes and I will uh, just break down his call and some of the things he was saying. I may let, I'm not going to let it play in its entirety, but break it down in sections. It's just a two minute uh, clip, almost three minute clip. So let's start. The buck stops here. That's from the Washington Post on Harry Truman to a bill in Leland, Mississippi, independent line. First of all, I like to say that um, African-Americans, first of all, we have no business being Democrats or Republicans. We need to be independents. We are the key to a third party. You see, you see Biden uh, banked it all on us, right? Because he's the most powerful man in the world, right? Because we built the most powerful nation in the world and ain't got nothing for it. And, and we need equality in this nation. With the, why does a white man own 18 times as much as a black man? And, and, and when you start talking about equality, that makes some people mad. We're tired of getting killed in the streets. We're tired of uh, – slavery's not over. If, if one man owns 18 times as much as another and, and, and they're both from the same homeland, how could there be uh, uh, slavery be over? But as far as presidents, I'm – All right. I want to stop it right there. Let's pause it for a second. 
So, like I said, I'm going to break this down in a section. So, he says African Americans should not be Democrats or Republicans. We should be independents. Well, I've been a lifelong registered voter uh, as an independent here in North Carolina. The thing I like about North Carolina is that independents can pick and choose whatever primary ballot they want to pick, uh, vote in. So when we're talking primary, we have to be educated on how the political system work or elections work, um, particularly in our states, because all states don't have the same election laws. And and so I have been a registered independent in North Carolina because that doesn't preclude me from picking and choosing whatever primary I want to vote in. If I want to to support, let's say, Ron Paul ran for president in 2008 on the Republican ticket. Well, he has to go into a primary against other Republicans. And, and then you have Barack Obama seeking the Democratic nomination. Well, as a black person, I might figure, well, you know, I, I don't really know Obama. I like what he's saying. And he seems like it's going to be a lock for him getting that Democratic um, nomination uh, with these early states voting and what have you. Now we're here in North Carolina. I think he's safe to get the Democratic nomination. Um, I like what Ron Paul is saying to Republicans that the death penalty is racist, the drug war is racist. We need to abolish the drug war. We need to abolish the DEA the office of the DEA, you know, some of his more libertarian ideals. Um, but, you know, so I picked the Republican primary to vote in. And of course, Ron Paul did not get the Republican nomination. So it's a matter of strategic strategy, I should say, voting strategy. For example, here in, in the county, uh, Gaston County, North Carolina, We've been talking about since the Republicans pretty much got a lock on every elected office, not all of them, but I would say 80% of the elected offices, let's throw them a curveball. Let's start, let's say um, a civil war in the Republican Party and say we'll call ourselves Frederick Douglass Republicans, and we're going to uh, take it back to the roots of the Republican Party and be an anti-slavery um and pushing progressive ideals, which the Republican Party was certainly that prior to, you know, 1865. And, and then, you know, they kind of uh, abandoned African-Americans during Reconstruction and just allowed white terrorism and Jim Crow to be, be ushered, ushered in. Um, so, you know, we was like, okay, the only way uh, we perhaps could get some votes from some white people who, who and they're not the only ones, um, but identity voters who base it off of their party. They don't really investigate the candidate or what the candidate's platform is. They just vote because there's an R or a D behind somebody's name or a G or a I behind somebody's name. And so, um, you know, as terms of strategy and infiltrating the count, the Republican Party at the county level, running some people as Republicans. So that means they will have to register as Republicans. That don't mean that they can't force their own platform within the Republican Party. And the same we've seen it happen with the Democratic Party, progressive Democrats and and liberal Democrats are not the same. They have, you know, they may agree on certain things, but they are in policy wise, there is a vast uh, gulf between them. Okay. 
So that's what I would say to his 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 that portion of what he was bringing up ties to slavery. He ties slavery to personal finance, but does not tie legal slavery to the 13th Amendment and how that is practiced through the so-called criminal justice system through the courts. And that, you know, that's why we have private prisons. That's why private prison um, private prison stock is traded on Wall Street. Wall Street has never at any time in its history not trafficked, trafficked in slaves, whether we're talking pre-1865 slaves or we're talking new slaves, 13th Amendment of slaves. And I don't mean to use that term to dehumanize anyone, um, but just to hammer the message home that we're talking slavery slavery still exists in the United States. And he's just tying it to, you know, personal finance and how much a personal possession of white person like Jeff Bezos, or let's say the Walton family has over, let's say other African-Americans. Well, you got black African-American billionaires and, and what have you. So um, he, it just makes no sense to tie it to slavery. And we need to look at the system that's producing um, this wealth disparity, whether we're talking white wealth versus black wealth, or whether we're talking class uh, wealth, okay? Billionaires shouldn't exist. I agree with Bernie Sanders, whether we're talking about white billionaires or black billionaires, they shouldn't exist. Um, now, I think I left it there. Uh, he starts talking about presidents, but he's going to get into uh, the abortion issue. So let me let this continue. We go ahead and um, pull that back up. We'll hear the rest, some of the rest of his call. I'm going to say anybody, all the Democrats that are down with killing black babies and bringing in millions of, of, of immigrants to replace them in our neighborhood. They don't go to white neighborhoods. They, they, go, they invade our schools. They, invade, they, they knock us further down the list to get in school, to get housing. They take our businesses. Nothing against the world, but, but, but you just don't tell the world to come here and bring your huddled masses, bring your poor, and your downtrodden, and you've been having your foot on my neck for 400 years, you know, and you're going to offer them all these opportunities. Come on, America. And we're, and, we're, and we're the most loyal people. We're the first men. Okay, I'm I'm going to stop it right there. Again, I'm breaking this down in sections. So he says Democrats are down with killing black babies, and I've heard this a lot. You know, you have um, what I would call conservative organizations um, within the black community who abortion is their number one priority, and and um, they will vote for Republicans regardless of the fact because they don't acknowledge the fact that Republican policies kill black babies after exiting the womb, sometimes with conservative Democrat support. So this stuff about Democrats killing black babies simply because, you know, they want to uphold Roe uh, v. Wade, I'm not going to say that. Um, I don't agree with abortion personally, but that's because of my religious beliefs. And I don't want to live in a nation in the Constitution says we shall not as a government respect or as a nation be a respecter of religions and religious doctrine. In other words, I don't want to live in a theocracy. Everybody don't subscribe to the same uh, religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs. And we want to, I, I think, a secular government makes perfect sense. 
And so, but, you know, the Republicans have been good at using this as a bait and switch topic. This is how they got the evangelicals aboard and, and what have you is always using the abortion issue, even though the Affordable Care Act reduces abortion. It reduced abortion to historic lows in the United States by expand. What do you know? Expanding health care leads to less abortions. And while you spinning your wheels and wasting all this time trying to pa pass all this anti-abortion legislation where you want to dictate to people what they can and cannot do with their bodies and, and instead allowing God to be their judge, you want to just, you know, you want us to have a, 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 a religious based government. I mean, for the, especially those Christians who can, who talk about Sharia. Uh, being implemented, you know, the Muslim law or Islamic law being implemented. Uh, how is that any different? It's not any different. So if I can look at the data and see that an increase in poor people, working class people getting access to health care has reduced the need for the procedure of abortions, then why would I not want to continue to expand health care, Medicare for all, like the progressives are putting putting forth. See, again, here we fall into these traps just because of a party has this label, we don't recognize the different wings of the party. Okay. And we need to do that. We cannot just simply have a simplistic view. So, um, you know, again, Medicare for all will po potentially eliminate the procedure altogether. And then, you know, no one can use it as a hot button issue. You know, um, and the only, you know, although I'm against abortion, I am a, a for allowing people to choose, especially if it involves incest, rape, or the life of the mother. It's not for me to judge their soul, according to my spiritual um, beliefs. And, and if we force people to go underground, it's not, no, no law has ever stopped any type of activity. Providing resources to people has. So again, don't fall for the Republicans care about these babies, but then they allowing babies to be killed due to the lack of health care. You know, look at the United States infant mortality rate in some of these states. It rivals, quote unquote, third world nations in the United States. So don't don't fall for the abortion tree. Support medical policies like expanding health care to all to where then you have young women uh, young girls who are getting the uh, specialized, you know, gender-based, sex-based healthcare that they need and education that they need, which again, the ACA with its limited expansion of healthcare has shown to reduce abortions to historic lows. I mean, I, I'm just for, you know, doing what works, what seems logical. Now, again, this dude just went on a xenophobic rant and he's talking about degrading the education system like the immigrants coming here is what's was taking resources from us as african-americans and the people he talking about is is the descendants of, of american slaves to use other people's terminology they differentiate okay and so to say they oh they just coming at our community no they not all just coming to our community some of these nigerian immigrants 
are coming from families with wealth in other African nations as well. And yeah, they come here to go to school, but you best believe they ain't posted up in the hood in dilapidated slum-like conditions, okay? They, they not. And they're paying to go to college and higher university. You want to say, if you want to break it down to what's being provided K through 12 at these public uh, uh, schools and what have you, well, let's not pretend like there has been an overabundance being provided to non-white communities, primarily black communities, prior to any immigrants coming here from the Caribbean or anywhere in the African diaspora or Africa itself. And then, okay, people have a right to a human right to, to move freely throughout this planet and be free from harassment as long as they do it legally. And then in some cases, when you're running for your life, you ain't got time for, you know, to jump through all these hoops and what have you. You have to get here the best way you can and then apply for political asylum. So let me, let me continue on with this call. But very, very xenophobic. And I say a lot of that xenophobia is due to lack of information or education on these issues or a simplistic way of viewing it in this country to die was christmas after we're the most i'm a veteran myself i've i've lost friends and almost lost my life for this country i would do it again but 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 as far as bad presidents i have to okay i gotta stop it right there so you are saying that this country has mistreated african americans the group that you care about exclusively and that you almost died for this country and you would do it again even though they've been treating you like crap according to your view okay i served in the military too but i had the sense to know to understand that once i educated myself through people like Malcolm X and, and other people presenting a view to me that wasn't being presented to me through the U.S. education system that I had to get out the United States military and that I was a imperialist pawn being used by all of these people you were complaining about that got 18 times the wealth. I, I hate to break it to you, brother, but it's it's a bigger gulf than that when we're talking about these multi-billionaires and there's a race for the first trillionaire, it's just disgusting. But you're not looking at how the United States military is in, and the people who are in the military are being used as imperialist pawns to go and exploit the home nations of these very immigrants that you're complaining about, causing a lot of violence, supporting repressive regimes, selling them weapons and arms and what have you. And so we don't want to take a responsibility for the seeds of this um, instability that the United States and its corporate partners are sowing in these other countries. Come on, bro. You were imperialist stormtrooper. So was I. So is everybody. mentioned uh, Ronald Reagan. I mean, Iran Contra bringing drugs into my community. How could you not mention him? And uh, as far as good presidents, I would have to say uh, uh, Roosevelt. I would have to say Barack Obama doing it without any help. And and believe it or not, believe it or not, I would have to. I got to stop it right there. Because <laughs> y'all know who he about to say, right? Y'all know who name he's about to say. 
And uh, that's just terrible. That's just sad. So he mentions FDR. Well, the reason that we have such great wealth and equality in the United States, especially as it pertains to African-Americans, but it also applied to black immigrants from anywhere in the world who came here. I mean, all these white people was coming here in floods. So who are we to say, you know, to, to single out black people from immigrating here to, you know, Come on now, people have human rights, I think, to travel freely wherever they want to go. And I'm not going to allow these people to pit me against them. Okay. Um, but anyway, he talks about Reagan as a bad president for bringing drugs into the black community. And I would say, you know, it doesn't end there. But okay. He says FDR was a good president, but FDR's New Deal policies, um, were were a good example of institutional racism where black people, African Americans, were prohibited from participating in those New Deal policies, Social Security, um, you know, uh, even VA, our veterans prohibited from getting these VA loans and just all kind of programs where these white people, Dr. King talked about, all these programs of people y'all calling freebies and handouts going to these white immigrants coming over here. But, you know, FDR, yeah, those were progressive policies, but let's not forget that they were also racist policies and that they um, prevented African-Americans from enjoying, you know, the benefits of those policies and, and African-Americans not only serving in the military, but paying taxes. And this is all again during Jim Crow. So no FDR policies get some examination and some kudos on their face, but their implementation, no, sir. He was not a good president in, in if, if you're going to talk about that. Um, Barack Obama doing it all by himself well i don't know about all that you know he did pass the aca which was a good thing it ain't medicare for all but it was a good thing it got more people health care and it reduced abortions okay so yes he deserves credit for that he also did have a senate a racist senate uh who just said we're gonna make sure he a one-term president and block everything he tried to do but he got some bipartisan stuff through like imperialist racist policies, Libya, the overthrow of the Libyan government, number one, reintroducing slavery in a chattel form uh, into the continent of Africa by supporting jihadists to overthrow one of the most progressive and socialist governments in Africa, uh, which was uh, just really, you know, an example to, to behold. Say what you want about the personality and the celebrity of Muammar Gaddafi, but when you look at them government programs and how, um, you know, he was helping other African countries escape imperialism and colonialism, and that's why they had to take him out. So again, when we say good and, and, and bad presidents, and you know, I I just I just question, um, you know, our we should question ourselves when we do that. It's all subjective. It's all very, very subjective. Now, he's about to talk, say something that I find to be very, very absurd. So let's listen to the to this last part of his call into C-SPAN. Say Donald Trump simply because he knows how downtrodden we've been. And he said, well, he asked us, 
He said, what happened? What, what? He knows they haven't done anything for us. He needs a party. And he asked us, uh, black people, and what about his platinum plan? That was $500 billion for us. That's the closest we're going to get to reparations. What is, what is Biden's offered? He has offered a thing because he's part of the whole thing. You are uh, depending on, on black people to, to spend our $2 trillion to pop up this American economy, and we don't save none of it because it's, who, who are we going to spend it with? Thanks <laughs> for your comments, Bill. We're- All right there, Bill. He let you, he let you rant for a <laughs> good two minutes. Well, actually, three minutes, a good three minutes. So, Anybody, I question the sanity of any black person that's giving kudos to Donald Trump and to think that he sincerely gave a darn about any black person or African-American. Do I, I don't have time to go into his entire history, his family's history of practicing institutional racism through their companies and, and what have you. But then his rhetoric during his, these past four years, his, his practice of racism and religious bigotry. And, and he's saying that nobody's done anything for he just pushing buttons man he just pushing buttons he said what do you have to lose well we had plenty of to lose our dignity for number one and then i i don't have you can't buy my vote for some tokenism 500 billion dollars to do what 500 billion and saying that's the closest we're gonna get the reparations there's a reparations bill in the house and the senate and Donald Trump and the Republican Party, when they had the reparations hearing, sent people like Candace Owens to say racism is over, slavery is over, nobody owes reparations to anyone. This is Donald Trump and the Republican Party that you you voted for. You want to question and call him a good president because he, uh, you know, had a couple of tokens on the stump for him. So this is crazy. And and so I'm not here to carry the water of the Democratic Party or Joe Biden, but Joe Biden has um, done something via the, uh, what do you call that, the executive order route that I wholeheartedly agree with. Has he done enough? I mean, the dude ain't even been in office 60 days yet, I don't think. But come on, it's on us to push against his administration as we would the administration before him or any administration to come. That's how politics work. Let's not buy into this narrative that every black voter is tied to the Democratic Party or has some kind of blind loyalty to the Democratic Party. It just happens to be that the Democratic Party is the only one that has put forth any kind of policy that addresses institutional racism and inequality in this country on on any level. Admittedly, it is not enough and they need to do more. But what, again, has the Republican Party as a whole done? But so I, I leave it at there. Pretty interesting call. We don't condemn the caller. We just want to examine the content of the call and ask ourselves, you know, is he correct on this? Is he correct on that? What is he correct on? And, you know, what what is truth and what's not true? Just, you know, we just need to listen to each other and give varying um, objective views on whatever the content is. All right. So. Thank you for watching. If you think that the content I create is constructive, please share it. But number one, support it. And other media like it by making a tax-deductible donation to the Black Talk Media Project. 
You can go to blacktalkradionetwork.com to make your donation today. Peace and blessings to all. Stay safe.